Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southpaw's Tales from the Barstool. I am your host, uh, JD, also known as Southpaw. And to my right, as always, is the hot and funny one, my beautiful wife, Kat. Say hello. Well, hello. And no one calls you Southpaw. <laughs> I call myself Southpaw because that's how it works. Actually, Southpaw was the name of the uh, business I used to own, which uh, thanks own. to Co- Well, I still own it, but I just don't do anything with it. Um, but uh, thank you for joining the show. Tonight we have a very, very different thing for you than we always do. It's going to be a serious conversation. We're dealing with uh, PTSD, um, its stigmas, its effects, how it affects those around us. Uh, she's going to be giving us an outside perspective as um, a person who deals with a person who deals with PTSD. Um, and, all have, uh, the, and all the fun, exciting moments. Yes, all the fun stuff that happens with PTSD. It's Um, just a ball. It's a ball of something. We have uh, several guests joining us, some who have have dealt with PTSD, some who help with PTSD. Um, So we'll be bringing them on shortly. Uh, If you're you're watching this live, which is uh, March 22nd, 2023 at 9 p.m. Central Time, that's live. Uh, If you want to join us, let me know, and I'll uh, I'll send you the invite so you can join as well. Um, If you just want to do something in the comments go to streamyard.com slash facebook that way we can see who's talking if not we're just gonna tell you to fuck off um remember- no we're not we always say that we'll call you senior fuck off today. yeah you're How senior fuck we're off we're gonna call you senior fuck off so um make sure you can check out all of our old episodes at youtube and any of your favorite podcasting platforms don't forget to uh tongue punch that share button fart box and uh Finger blast that like button. I there don't know. That's you what you always do. <laughs> <laughs> um, tonight we are drinking uh, some uh, five by five brewing company Moorfield Blonde Ale. Uh, it's just some good shit. They're one of our sponsors. We've been drinking them long, long, long before They've they were a sponsor. The, they're our OG sponsor too. So and speaking of five by five and our sponsors, let's go ahead and get that going so we can get into the show. Please stick through the sponsors so we can uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of it. All right, so we're going to start with five by five brewing company, Battleborn and Texas made veteran brewing company based in Mission, Texas, co-founded by Army vet George Rice with beers like the forty millimeter stout. Burnett, Bombshell, and Fubar. It's no surprise this brewery is taking over the Texas market from the valley to the panhandle. Ask your local bar, restaurant, and grocer to carry 5x5 Brewing Company today. You can get a hold of them at 5x5brewing.com, facebook.com forward slash 5x5brewing. You can call them at 956-445-5421 or email them at info at 5x5brewing.com. Our next sponsor is OMOG Construction uh, by Marine Vet Seth Knox and Matt Anders, general contracting contractors. I'm so sorry. Don't look at me like that. Servicing the greater Houston, Texas area with a focus on concrete. No job is too big or too small from residential to commercial and industrial foundations and pads. OMOG Construction has you covered. You can get a hold of them at OMOGCO.com, Facebook.com forward slash OMOGCO. Or Instagram, OMOGCO. That stands for one Mexican, one wedo. And if you don't know um, Spanish slang, wedo is white dude. So they're owned by one Mexican and one white dude. Man, I broke a world record. Or Man, at least this that. show's record <laughs> on how fast I got through those buttons. So our next sponsor is Quick Start Mortgage Group, powered by U Mortgage. Uh, and founded by uh, Nathan Einkorn. You can get a hold of him at Einkorn. That's N-E-I-N-K-O-R-N at umortgage.com, a 720-980-9988, or Facebook at Quick Start Mortgage Group slash, oh, wait, there's no slash, I'm sorry, uh, Instagram Colorado Mortgage Broker. Uh, it's the convenience of an online lender only with better rates and dedicated staff of highly trained mortgage um, 
professionals to make sure your mortgage process goes smoothly. Uh, great people. Um, if you are using a VA loan, they are experts in the VA process and make sure you don't get a lot of those bullshit made up hidden fees and, and anything like that. So definitely look for those guys. Uh, our final sponsor for tonight is uh, our newest sponsor, Shift Advanced Life Magazine, uh, founded by Robert Garcia, who's an Air Force veteran. And as a matter of fact, um, the entire staff is either current Air Force or prior Air Force. So it's 100% veteran um, staffed. But they, uh, it's, a, it's a great place for a great business advice, interviews, and more. Um, I've been featured in that magazine twice. So that should say Ooh, something Hollywood. about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can you go get it for free at shiftlifedesign.com. Uh, it's actually a really good uh, uh, place for, for anything business. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're looking for a specific uh, niche business owners, that's definitely a place to look. And uh, finally, our editing and distribution by Knucklehead Media Group, founded by Stephen Cologne, Marine veteran. Um, anything you need done for a video or audio podcast, they can do it. Uh, you can get a hold of them at knucklehead.agency. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all knucklehead.mg. No spaces, no dashes, no slashes, just knucklehead.mg. No dashes, And no those slashes. poor people have to listen to this shit show every week and edit it. So uh, <laughs> God bless those guys. And y'all are going to have to pay for their therapy. That's why we want to sell out. <laughs> so as we talked about uh, quickly, we're going to be talking about PTSD, Look. how it affects us, how it affects those around us. Oh, PTSD from his ptsd yeah <laughs> she, she has written on her pint glass ptsd from his ptsd so that's what we're discussing tonight um if you're watching it and not listening to it you can see on the bottom of the screen scrolling is uh several places to get help um if you're suicidal if you're having a ptsd or any mental health issues um i'll read them out loud real quick before we bring our guests on please, please. make sure you write them down so you can pass them along um suicide and crisis hotline just call or text 988 just those three simple digits, 988. Uh, there's a crisis text line, or it's nothing but texting because that's how the new generation works. Uh, just text 741741. It's just a line straight up your, your phone. They're all in line, 741741. And um, the last one I put, uh, there's there's tons of them. You have to just Google mental health help. Exactly. You can find all kinds of stuff. But the last one is PTSD hotline, um, and it is 866 1303 that's 1303 and with that we're going to bring on um our guests plural we've got chris casey and josh uh joining us um we're going to go around real quick just everybody give us a brief background and then what you're going to bring to the table tonight chris we'll start with you since you're right next to us on the screen uh sure so i enlisted in the marine corps in 93 uh marine corps infantry i retired in 2013 uh, after that, I've had a few uh, different jobs. Owned an IT company for about six years. Uh, worked briefly at an organization, nonprofit organization that helps veterans and first responders with post-traumatic stress, teaching uh, post-traumatic growth. And now I am a personal trainer and a mindset coach, helping people like ourselves get back into shape after being out of the military. So. Before the show, you were telling us, uh, uh, I don't know if you want to divulge this live, but I'm, I'm super fucking impressed from where you got to and where you're at now as far as your, your weight and your health. If you uh, Do you want to bring that to life? Yeah, that's a big part of my story is, uh, like I said, I retired in 2013 and I got sick of writing resumes trying to find a job. So I ended up opening my own franchise and I opened an mm -hmm. IT company of all things 
uh, and realized after six years of running that that it was absolutely miserable and I hated it. Um, within six years of retiring, I was close to 300 pounds, had diabetes and high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, GERD and sleep apnea, a whole gamut of uh, ailments. And then in 2019, I decided I was sick of being fat and miserable. So I just, you know, sold the business off and got off my butt and started walking and eating right and got back into shape. And within 90 days, I had corrected all my uh, health conditions and my doctor gave me a clean bill of health and I no longer had any prescriptions or any uh, medical conditions to deal with and then continued to drop another 45 pounds. I got back down to Marine Corps fighting weight, so to speak. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was dropping weight, you know, it was falling off pretty, pretty easy. And then I decided that I had to get into shape to help other people kind of see that it wasn't as hard as as we thought it was in the Marine Corps it was you didn't have to run all the time to get back into shape. It was really actually a simple decision to, to do it. So you were sick of being fat and miserable. So you're like, I'd rather just be miserable. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, I got rid of all this sick and miserable with the whole business. I Perfect. sold off. My, brain, my mental stress was gone. So it was, you know, it was pretty easy. All right, so let's move on real quick, and then we'll jump into the group conversation. Uh, Josh, why don't you give us uh, your background real quick and, and what you're going to bring to the table tonight? Yeah, so um, I was not affected by PTSD, luckily, unless you count some of the people I had to work with. But um, <laughs> They count. So, yeah, right. Um, so I did Air Force from 03 to 18. I came four and a half years short of retirement, but um, oh, well, I'd rather be doing what I do anyway. Um, but I got out and I decided to, I've, I've always had a passion for helping people. So I just transitioned over to a company that helps people without drugs, chemicals, or electricity. So neurological dysfunction, that Stress, is anxiety, actually, uh, performance, stuff like that. That's doing it without the drugs and things like that is, that is amazing. Huge, There's I was, nothing else that can do this. Yeah. I have the same story as so many other people is about when you get out the amount of pills that I was prescribed. For, to, to, to help him sleep, to help him stay awake, to help him function, to help him focus. He yep. was on so much medication when we got together, I couldn't even believe it. It was yeah. unreal. <clears throat> yeah, I think it was, it was like 23 or 26 pills a day that I was taking. It was fucking ridiculous. Right? It's like, just take melatonin and whiskey. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> that's why, that's <laughs> why I survived me. And ibuprofen. I would never oh, yeah. take that away from an Army vet or an Air Force vet. No way. <laughs> So, uh, Casey, let's get your uh, your brief background of what you're going to bring tonight. You, you have you to unmute it. yourself. Um, so, my name is Casey. I'm private service army. I was in just shy of four years. Um, <coughs> I have, like, childhood PTSD and all that cool stuff. Um, <laughs> thanks to my doctors for diagnosing me with that. Um, but I was also married um, to someone who's in the army as well. And so I got to deal and learn from the PTSD side of it by being married um, to it and dealing with it on a daily basis, like helping him fight his demons. Um, there was times where it was, I was literally able to help him. And there was other times where there was no way that I could help. And the demons were almost like they were fighting me too. So that was a, that was a good time. So you have both perspectives. You have from like JD's perspective from serving and going through your own. I we always say it's his childhood trauma, but really we I consider him still a child. So I'm not sure where that childhood trauma happened. Um, and then also from my perspective as having to deal with it. So you're gonna be like a twofer 
So I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you on my on my sandwich making side. I hope you don't mind. I'm I'm glad that you brought <laughs> oh, up that, that you're a veteran, but you're dealing with PTSD or you have dealt with PTSD that is non-service related because <laughs> my PTSD or the overwhelming majority of, of what I've had to deal with is uh, non-service related. And people just assume that because you're a veteran and you're dealing with PTSD, that it's all about combat or things like that. And um, I think there's a stigma anyway, so, to some degree on veterans being damaged. And I don't think, I don't think Hollywood helped with that. I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's only two kinds of veterans portrayed in TV and movies. And that's the gung ho. I can take down an entire country with a fucking toothpick or the broken alcoholic that can't hold down a job and, uh, or, or a family. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the quintessential bad credit divorce and alcoholic one and that's the only two types that they that, that are portrayed in hollywood the period. ends of the spectrum yeah yeah yep. and there's nothing in between yeah so um and you being an outsider what what's your perspective there's definitely nuances to it um when we got together i i think to some degree you had some form of ptsd but i wasn't sure if it was that or just survivor's guilt uh you lost some people when you were serving and then you lost people afterwards you lost family members and everything and that turned you really into a fairly dark person but it was really it showed in crowds he doesn't do well in crowds his head is on a swivel and if there's too many people you can see him getting amped up and yeah. um, restaurants are restaurants are bad, uh, but I would say amusement parks are worse because <laughs> there is no place for him to have his back where no one's behind him. And nope. he's just we always have to have an exit. Plan Honestly, as far as like, I, we're going to give you your chance to like separate to some. Degree. I've, I've thought about that though and and chris i think with your military background um versus everybody else's i think you'll be able to confirm or, or deny this but i've thought about it and and i don't think it's really being in combat that makes you be that way it's the fact that every day of your life you're trained somebody's yep. coming to get you somebody's coming to get you somebody's yep. coming to get you whether even if it's in just training environments stateside all the way from day one, basic sure. training, head on the swivel. And that's what you're trained through. to take different routes to work just so you're not predictable. Yeah. So it's for that's your entire idea, military though. career, whether you did a two year hitch or 25 years and retired as a senior NCO or a senior officer. No, it's the entire time you're constantly on, on guard. Training. But even for non veterans, that's actually a pretty smart idea deviating no. from your normal routine like i i had okay weird i had a stalker at one point and i thought man i'd be so easy to murder because i take the same ride to work i stop at the same gas station like around the same time every day yeah i'm i'm a real predictable person I'm <coughs> easy to kidnap and murder like, easy jd yeah. i can't I, I don't even know if he knows what underwear he's wearing each day it's so nope. weird it's like <laughs> is he even wearing any though they're all blue. <laughs> okay, They're not all blue. <laughs> They're all different shades of blue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you offer me a ride in a nice car, I'm pretty much as good as Kidnap too. <laughs> They're all boxer briefs and they're all blue with this gray band on top. I can't help that when you buy a six pack that they're all the same goddamn color. We don't have a fucking Victor's <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> Victor's Secrets. Oh, I like that. I've never heard that before. 
Uh, yeah, that just came out of nowhere. I'm I'm going to the mall and I'm I'm renting some space. It's gonna be Victor's Secret. Oh, and it's gonna yeah. have those nice like nut hugger or the 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 boxers where it has a we support and your, your logo is yeah. gonna be like we support you and Jehovah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I want to give uh, any one of y'all the, the chance to just kind of take over from here. What is something that you think, as far as being a stigma or or something that you think is misconstrued to the public that that, that you need that you think needs to be brought to light? That if you seek mental health, your career is over. That's oh, a good one. Yeah, Chris, did you Whether ever you feel that way? Mental health. And you're weak. Like, I'm sorry. I would like to take care of myself and be alive tomorrow. So let me go talk to this person that could help me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The the fear of being relieved of duty for, for seeking. Yeah. That's I've heard of a senior enlisted that would go and see mental health. Yeah. Just to bullshit. And then that way, everybody else could feel comfortable going there for actual issues. That's a good leader. That's what that yeah. is. Yeah, unfortunately, Air Force security forces or security police, uh, depending on what era you were in, um, it is extremely dog eat dog, and they use shit like that to pretty much stifle your career. You're like, you're done. And I and yeah. I have a que- I have a question for your for you guys. Do you feel like because you're a man, you don't feel like people care as much? Like honestly, like I hate to br- I had to I hate to say it like that, but I hear so many things on social media where they're like, well, I'm a man. No one really cares if I'm depressed or sad. Do you feel like that to some degree? Got another right people. Uh, I think, I think in some way, I mean, my biggest problem is, is you've never really been, or I personally never felt like I was um, allowed to really ask for help or um, <coughs> train. That's okay to seek help. Like I always just had the, the, belief that i just had to figure out whatever was going on and just make it work make it happen mm-hmm. and just move forward you know not really ever like say you know what i got a problem here can i get some help with this yeah yeah casey casey do you feel like that's kind of universal oh absolutely and you know just rolling things in my head as everybody's talking i know it we we all come together because we have a likeness of military background but really it's bigger than that um because even my current husband, I, I've discussed with him, like seeking mental health um, and just going and talking and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with him, but that it might just be beneficial. And um, he's attempted to go and he's like, I just feel awkward being there. Like, I don't know how to talk about the things. Like, I don't even know how to bring them into the forefront of my mind to discuss them because for so long, it's just been push it back, push it back, pretend yeah. it's not there. So I definitely think it's just, I don't mean to not focus obviously on our community, but there is a stigma. Maybe it's our like generation because thankfully, even though the snowflakes are just little pain in the ass bitches, um, <laughs> they are embracing um, caring for themselves and focusing on their mental health. Um, in a different way than we were allowed to, or, or, or it, you know, seemed like it was. I okay. think the younger generation is taught to cope. The younger generation is taught to embrace being a victim in whatever well, is dealing with them, and not I don't think taught to cope. I think that's 
like you and I, when we fight, I want to talk about it. I want to address it. I want to get it all out in the open. JD wants to walk away. He needs no, that I get to the point where I need to walk away and, and then I can come back. To walk away because he doesn't. Is that to calm down from the stress level, though, and then talk on a calm I basis? To yeah. some degree, yes. Yeah. Okay. That, and I have yeah. to let the shit rattle in my head and, and figure out how to articulate something without being you fucking cunt you know and just saying like the worst nastiest shit you still say that you just say it an hour later (laughs) yeah it's it's, it's in a nicer tone he's calmer (laughs) you say it in a productive way Um, okay look you fucking uh, real quick i want to go back on some comments we got on the uh, on the feed right now but uh uh lindsay uh she is a uh uh, the dep- or state she used to be a deputy she's a state trooper now uh she's like so the hypervigilance isn't just a military thing it's trained in the us le2 the stigmas are there too uh for getting help and talking about needing it so uh yeah i, I can definitely see that in, in that's okay Lindsay. when we get married we'll go through marriage counseling we're gonna make this work and then um, um i'm Victor, sorry who is, uh, you're our throuple <clears throat> now <laughs> the several <laughs> So, uh, Victor, who was also Air Force, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what his deployment status was, but I was stationed with him at one point. Um, but the biggest problem starts from childhood, which uh, men are brought to hand, handle their own shit or just suck it up, uh, be a man. You know, boys don't cry. Yeah, we're all taught that from, from a very young age. And just, and uh, my dad's watching. My that. dad taught me to do the same thing. He was uh, Air, yes, Force, so Air Force Academy. So he, no, yeah, if you're going to cry, I'm going to give you a reason to cry. And I, I don't think that, I mean, it, it, he was a suck it up kind of dad, which I actually appreciate now because I think JD knows how, I I, say, I hate to say ruthless, but I am ruthless to some degree because of it, because I had to have a tough skin growing up and I so appreciate him. At the time I didn't, but now I appreciate that. I want to, I want to, I'm totally ADD here, but I want Y'all's opinions on something that is probably going to be a very divisive and unpopular opinion, Uh-oh, but it's something I, I truly, truly feel. I feel as though there are a lot of veterans <clears throat> that I know where you're going. Don't want to be fixed and just they live handle. They they're like I'm a victim and yep. fucking bow down to me and bow down to. And, and I'm not saying everyone is like that. No, I'm, I'm just saying that there is We've a disproportionate amount of people that don't want to be fixed and are as, just going to suffer in as it. As an outside period. perspective, I have met veterans who wear PTSD like a badge of honor yeah. and they own it, they live it, yep. and they thrive that's, on the attention they get from it. That's, and that's a just, label that they've identified as and yes. that's their new role. And after they don't the want to lose their identity with that. And they, and they have shifted from active duty to this disgruntled veteran that... Um, Unfortunately, it's a comfortable place for them because it's something they've grown kind of used to now in this new role. Fitting in the civilian world is hard because the civilians, they don't really have any sort of structure or, or like. Civilians you know, don't have a good sense of humor. They don't have a community <laughs> or a sense of humor that we had in the military. So this way to stand out from them is um, in, in a lot of people's minds, a comfortable place to be. And it's like, okay. I shifted from that to this, and now this is who I am. And really, that's just a label they've decided to take on, unfortunately. 
Casey, you made a face. Was there someone in particular? <laughs> so, sorry, I was agreeing and listening to him, but then I can hear my kids and my husband's downstairs, and there was like some crazy banging and then laughing, and I'm just like, what is going on a, when I'm not supervising? There's a goat in the corner, like rocking, and you're like, We're, we never had goats. Why is there a goat in the corner? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, but I was definitely agreeing with him because um, I personally know someone that um, I feel as though um, as strong and superior as they walk around being, they will play that um, that card so fast. Like they will find a way to be the victim. Um, it's at this point years down the road and watching from the sidelines or actually like in the nosebleeds, more so it's just comical <laughs> but also sad you know because god just you know take care of yourself and drop the act like drop the the act and just like be better um so i definitely agree where you're saying chris and i apologize for my face doing wild things <laughs> while you're no i mean jd's jd's volunteered at like those those shoots with the wounded veterans and they're so optimistic and he comes back oh with yeah that stories that he so, comes back like invigorated because of their stories and, yeah, it's like, uh, and they've gone through the shit so i used to work for this company in the oil fields um i quit there three times and the <laughs> owner of the company still says i have a home there if i ever want to go back just the dude's worth god knows how many millions of dollars but you would never know it having a conversation with them super humble super down to earth one of the best people i've ever worked for in my life as far as just a, a smaller owned business um he had um he just recently sold it because he's moving on to different ventures but he had like a nine thousand acre um, exotic game ranch and twice a year he would host um hunts for five or six severely wounded uh, uh veterans of different branches um talk amputees double amputees missing eyes you know the 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 ones you see on the wounded warriors commercials those guys um and with me being a veteran he always invited me out there for those hunts he still invites me out there for those hunts just to go hang out with those guys and those guys that are missing like literally missing both legs or, or an arm and a leg or you know, they are some of the happiest like they've come to terms with everything and they are more inspirational than I can be or she can be or any one of y'all on the screen will probably ever be. Yeah. And because they've actually dealt with their shit way better than I've ever dealt with it. And, and, and came out. Of, oh my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, happy to I'm, be alive. It's like yeah. they're given a second chance. But they, they don't make any excuses. There was actually one of the guys. Uh, I, I, I couldn't remember his name. And because I'm absolutely horrible with names, actually, to this day, I still can't remember his name because he wanted me to call him no, no legs the whole time. He's <laughs> like, just call me no legs. And uh, he's, he's from yeah. Florida. Uh, but and he's like, so like 20 minutes later, I'm like, hey, no legs. Come over real quick. I want to show you something. And he's just like. You're the you first person that's actually ever called me no legs whenever I told him to. Uh, and I'm like, you, you told me to. He's like fucking a and then like we were hanging out like the rest of the night like it was yeah, yeah. but uh so josh with you being on the opposite end as far as you helping people um what what do you see as far as people using it as a crutch or um 
an identifier uh, uh, characteristic. It's a lot. Yeah. It's like it's just finding the ones that actually want to reach further. And just got to work with the willing. So is it just, I was about to say, is it just a matter of I can't help you unless you want to help yourself? Is it kind of one of those? Exactly. Got it. But I find it in civilian clients too. Yeah. yeah. I so, can see that. Like clinging to that identity, it's it's more than just military. Yeah. Way there's more. There's a big victim mentality oh, yeah. across yes. society. I mean, in general. Oh, yeah. A, yeah. They oh, lose gosh. the attention if they get help. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I we I I'm, I'm not gonna call anyone out in particular. We have family members like that. It's like I can't. Yeah, I can't help yeah. you. We've offered you help. Yeah. You didn't yeah. accept it. The, I'm sorry. You like when and then don't don't expect me to on, listen to your pity party when you want to exactly. talk about it. Exactly. Like if you if you want to vent, I'll be like, wow, that sucks. I'm not gonna give you advice anymore because I'm done. <laughs> but thanks I've anyway. I've had the conversation with some people. It's like the first conversation. I'm happy to talk about your issues. The second conversation, we're gonna talk about solutions. Well, it's like, um, oh, yeah. well, we even have to have that. There's like, okay, men and women communicate in completely different ways. I know I'm not alone on this. <laughs> men want, are very direct. I just want him yes. to say, wow, that sucks. Tell me more. And that's all. You live in that world, bro. <laughs> don't give me, don't tell me what to do. I know what I need to do. I just need to tell me, tell him, like, I, I need you to back up, back me up and say, that girl's just being a bitch. <laughs> you know, don't tell but, me how to handle like, my shit. Men are hardwired. I just need I need someone to like back me up and say you were in the right. That sucks. But men, men men are hardwired to find solutions. That's just no. I don't want a solution. How we are? I, but we're women. We can figure shit out. We're not girls who need a man to solve our fucking problems. Well, just understand that's this something is who we I've are. had to listen to and learn quite a bit. Is my my brain is like okay, I hear a problem and I want to fix it immediately. And I've realized I've been married this month. I've been married 25 years Good. and I've realized years that my wife doesn't want me to fix her problem. Trust me, just to, just to listen to what's going on. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, it's like, exactly. I, it's like, I think it's the nail in your forehead. Like, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> celebrated our 18th uh, anniversary just a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, I still haven't figured that out. He got the little man in the boat, though, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Problem check. Priorities. <laughs> Priorities, all right? Sorry, Casey. So let me just say that I was really trying not to interrupt, and my ADHD was just, like, trying to bang through that door like the Kool-Aid man. Y'all, be proud of me. So, um... <laughs> With uh, your wife and like any female, we don't want you to, we, we don't need your solution because before we decided to share it with you, we have done a playback of about 97 ways the situation could have gone different, will go different, how we're going to handle it. We just want to vent because if we don't get it out of our head, we are going to literally explode well on it. and yeah. maybe homicide. Something I'm not sure. What's that? So, what was that? That character in Men in Black where he sees like the fourteen thousand different uh, versions of an event, and he's like, "And this is the only one." <laughs> oh, you have to watch. That's okay. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Damn it. But no, you're right. It. Well, Squirrel. I I do like almost like a I hate to say debriefing, but I'm medical, and that's our term for it. I have a debriefing after this situation where how I could have handled it, what I'm gonna do next time, everything. But yeah, I just want to vent, bro. I just want to get it off my chest so you can be like, no, you're good, you handled it right, or just say, 
that girl's a bitch. You, you know, just Some, don't, don't try to solve my problems. Something just, I've learned and I need to use it more often. And I have used it on, on occasion, but I need to make it a habit is asking, do you need support or do you need a solution? And we've talked to, and he does that sometimes. He's and, like, and there's actually three. Oh, there's three. Give it to us, John. There's, the do you want help? Do you want me to listen or do you want me to do it for you? I'm not doing shit for her. <laughs> I don't want nobody to do anything yeah, for me. Too. I don't know. Obviously. It's a slippery Obviously. slope, too. <laughs> it can go any direction. He's not doing shit for me. Oh, wait. Li- I, I just honestly- saw I just saw Lindsay's comment and it's uh the same very similar. It's uh you have to start with do you want solutions or sympathy? Yeah. I like that. Solutions or sympathy. But honestly, if JD tried to go and fix it. I tell him he was fixing it wrong, and then it would just be a bigger fight. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> That's when you just walk away. I'm like, you're yeah. like, anytime he's like, what can I do to help you? I just need you to clean. I just need you to clean the kitchen. You're cleaning the kitchen wrong. And he's like, I'm cleaning the kitchen wrong. <laughs> yes, you're freaking cleaning the kitchen wrong. Like, so yes. it doesn't it's, matter it's what the he incorrect does. clean. He, he picks up. I'm a it's probably cleaner. why none of my marriages have gone past five clean. years. I mean, you should be scrubbing some shit, not like picking trash up and like, I'm good. What the fuck? It's different. There's different situations. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I digress. Let's unravel our shit because this There's, is causing PTSD. But I, I kind of want to go back to the, uh, the, the, the victim PTSD guy. I don't. I think, um, I, I think no, I think one other thing that I have a problem with, and you're seeing it more and more, is uh, the gatekeepers. As far as your PTSD that... isn't as bad as mine because oh, I yeah. was in this the one upper, yeah. Well, oh. yeah. it's not just the one upper, it's the gatekeeper. Like, you can't have PTSD because you weren't in this combat, mm. or you can't have yeah. PTSD because you didn't fill in the blank. And and gatekeeping, it's it's but you see gatekeeping in a lot of places in society now. You see gatekeeping at gyms like, <laughs> oh, you shouldn't be in here because, you know, ABC. I'm way Honestly, better than you. Or big... you see it in different places. But gatekeeping has yeah. become a really bad. I think the biggest person in that uh, gym, I look at them and I go, good for you. Good for you. Oh, yeah. I, I, see, a, I see a fatty like jogging down the street. I'm like, hell yeah, keep it up. Don't say fatty. I'm just saying like, hey, if, it's you motivational be, talk. if you want to be a big girl or a big guy, <laughs> good for you. If you're happy with yourself, if you're okay with whatever medical issues come from it, get more power to you. But if you're in there and you're like, you know what? I'm going to make my life better. More power to you. you I don't go. like to judge people like that. Like, that's where they should be. But thoughts on the gatekeeping. Do you see it or am I just kind of overlooking I, like I, I see it all the time before. actually um i it was i'm gonna bring it up because it, this just happened uh, jd shared uh this round table to a group of veterans um and uh inviting them to join us and i'm sure if they see this whatever i deal with their bullshit enough so what's one more <laughs> um and somebody was like well so and so is the only combat vet in here and then somebody else said, oh, yeah, so-and-so as well. And then I said, well, I was married to combat veteran and dealt with their PTSD. And they came back with, okay, Dependa. And I was like, yeah. bitch, I have my own part here. <laughs> like, that's not why we're here. So, like, even in a group of my friends, which I know they were just really bullshitting with me. But um, I know that other people have dealt with that 
on a less friendly like banter way and they truly mean it um and that's really ridiculous like i've gone to many hours of therapy i've had many um diagnoses um i <laughs> i don't know why i have to show receipts on why my brain is you fucked don't. up and you why don't. i get to i i have this label of ptsd like why can't you just be like oh yeah cool see you at the show like sorry you're dealing with that glad you're getting help you know it's really fucking stupid honestly but whatever just remember though some people are giving that reaction because they're trying to impress somebody else in the room by saying it yeah true, uh, true. they're deflecting yes yes or oh, there there's some there's it. some better way of reclaiming the attention on this pedestal as well and um, there, there's one veteran I, I know personally, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he, if, if you were a ranger or any kind of gone through any kind of selection, he'd have been just like, just just because of a title, but it was like, come on, man. It, it's, it's cool to respect him, but yeah, come on now. No. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, Casey. I mean, at the end of the day, we go through the same nine weeks at the beginning. Everything after that is just, you know, I'm sorry that I had a score enough that allowed me to get a job that I chose. Like, you could have had the same score and chose the same job, but you decided to do something different. So why are you mad at me because of the job I was given and that I fulfilled? Like, well, Not only that, it, regardless of <laughs> the job, you really don't have any say whether you deploy, where you deploy, oh, absolutely. how long you deploy. Yeah. You're just along for the fucking ride because you yeah. signed your name. Just like everybody fucking else, okay? It doesn't mean exactly. that you know their backstory, so don't fucking judge. Like, you have no idea what people have gone through. Like, no yeah. freaking Everybody's clue. gone through some shit. Everybody's gone through something, so you can't yeah. say what you've gone through is worse than what I've gone through. I mean, I, I more, most of my PTSD, honestly, came from my childhood. And that's why I joined the Marine Corps is to get the fuck out of Omaha, Nebraska. And then my first deployment was to Somalia of all places. Jesus. And then my last deployment was to Iraq. So, I mean, I've had a whole gamut of different issues and yeah. you know, have I been anything worse than anybody else? No, it's just a different, a different path and a different experience. I mean, you know, we all have our own struggles that we're working through. Well, and I, I'm not going to use any names of course, but it, Generally speaking, I have met a couple of women who served who their PTSD centered from a sexual assault while they were in the military. You have no idea anyone's backstory. There is no really backstory. no reason to judge, but what you should do is support. Hey, yeah. we're all in this together. What can I do for you? That's why we have the hotlines in the bottom. There is no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in reaching out to a friend. There really isn't. And there's no reason to be sitting there judging because then that makes their their mental status way worse when you could have just been supporting and building them up instead of tearing them down. You've got the whole fucking world tearing you down, man. At least you could do is support your brothers think, and sisters. But what caused the majority of mine was uh, within a 36-month span, uh, my brother was killed, my dad died, I lost a child, and uh, my uncle, who is pretty much my second dad, you know, when I ran away from home in high school, he was I was living in his backyard in RV, um, lost all of them within 36 months of each other. And that's just too much, too quick. And, no. and 
becoming yeah. the the patriarch of the family and trying to hold it together for everybody and and be the the rational voice as far as when doors are open and lights are on and and being the shoulder for everybody else and, and mean, then having to just yeah. stuff it all down and then when it finally all came back to rear its ugly head it came back fucking nasty and and um a lot of this stuff that i've accused other people of doing during tonight's episode i've done personally i mean full disclosure i've been that guy that that wore that ptsd fucking yep. badge i've been that guy that well i can't do it because i'm broken or i'm damaged i've been that guy and and it was my birthday one year i i had a, a gun in my mouth and at 4 15 i texted uh somebody from the vet center and it's like hey I need help like right now. And then the next day I was uh, in counseling. I was in counseling for several years, dealt with a ton of shit. Uh, am I perfect? Fuck no. I'm still far from it. But I couldn't be here having this conversation and being able to like stop in the middle of something serious and make a joke. And I think he still has that tendency without... of deflecting guilt because of that. Like he still has that residual like because he couldn't take on anymore. He couldn't. Like yeah. mentally, he couldn't handle it. Like he almost killed himself because he could not, literally, could not take on anymore. And that was that was hard. That almost broke. So us. yeah, everybody has some kind of PTSD. It's just how you deal with it. I think is is the biggest takeaway that I could yeah. ever. Um, and it's really cool to hear so many different stories about you know Chris. I would assumed your stories would have been. You know, there was knee deep in Haji and Fallujah, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you surprised me. And you were talking about, you know, you didn't get into detail. And I'm not going to pry because it's none of my goddamn business. But, you know, from Nebraska, yeah, I would have PTSD if I was surrounded by corn all the time, too. <laughs> yeah. You're not yeah. asking you to run backwards to the cornfield, bro. Like, run backwards okay. to the cornfield. <laughs> Uh, um, oh my goodness, I just oh, yeah, I threw you off with that. The was thing. Yeah, no, sorry. that was just a lot to. I think I just kind of had a we broke, moment in my own brain of, of some clarity. We'll come back, to it. so yeah, so yeah, y'all take over for just a second. I just had a, a moment. So, I, I wanted to share that I think it's very interesting. Like, my personality over the years, although, of course, like the core kind of like roots are the same. Um, I was changed during my first marriage dealing with the personality that he had and the demons that he was dealing with. Like I said, like sometimes I was fighting his demons, whether he was fighting them himself or he was making me fight them for him. Um, and I, I joke with my therapist all the time that I feel like I'm a narcissist. I would have never said that in a million years, you know? before then. Um, but I really think because of his, his mental health and his narcissistic ways that, and, and having to combat it every single day, um, it, it made me have those traits, even though I'm definitely not one because my therapist said, well, if you really were a narcissist, you would never say, I think I'm a narcissist because they wouldn't. But, um, <laughs> Anyways, what I was, um, my ADHD, let me, let me get back on track. Um, just literally dealing with the constant belittling 
and deflecting and and just all the negativity it really tears you down and um i literally i really feel bad for someone who who has all that in them that they're fighting so badly that they have to put it on other people because i mean gosh if you have to make someone feel like absolute dirt how do you feel you know what i mean um and it just was a really shitty time. And now I, I'm dealing with the aftermath of it because, like I said, I portray some of those personality traits now that I never had before. And I feel really terrible when I step away from a situation where I've behaved that way. And I'm like, oh, I made that person cry. And in the moment, it made me feel joy. And now my empathy has come back. And... I feel terrible and I need to apologize to them because that wasn't my true self, you know, treating them that way. Um, so it's just really unfortunate um, that just our brains are wired and, and, and handle situations like that and just hurt ourselves and others. It's just, it sucks. I know what you mean. Like I'm my worst critic. Like if I'm be the, if I'm tearing you down, I'm tearing my down 10 times worse. Like I'm tearing myself down way more than I am anyone else. Like I am, I am my own worst critic. So as far as I'm concerned, like you can say whatever you want to me. And that's usually why, like, I don't take things seriously. I don't get my feelings hurt very easily because whatever you say to me, I've probably said 10 times worse to myself. So it's like, okay. <laughs> like, and, and on it and half the time you're like, well, if you're thinking that you clearly don't even actually know me. So there's, there's that too, but I, I am, I definitely tear myself up more. So I think when de someone does deflect, I think that like, I wonder if they're, a thousand times harder on themselves than they are on other people. And that's, that's their the way of processing. I had a, uh, I had a uh, business mentor, Stephen Kuhn, who uh, he jumped my shit one day. Cause I used to have this really bad habit of making a uh, self deprecating jokes. You still do. And, and it, I still do, You're but better. not nearly yeah. to, to the, better. to the rate that I used to, but, um, even in jest, you know, say I'm retarded or I'm stupid or I'm incapable of this or I'm A, B, C, D. That's a negative uh, thing. And, and he's like, you know, the more you say that about yourself subconsciously, the more you're going to lean that way. And, and, and he was pointing out like with with fucking trial evidence, like this is what you've done to yourself. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, oh, oh yeah, I need to really stop that and i never realized that that could be just a, a way of deflecting or um you're suppressing i uh, say you're sandbagging like i'm a i'm a whatever i'm a piece of shit and blah 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 and i'm like but you're not so are you just trying to set the bar low so you seem awesome after that and i took it as that but no he was really just beating himself down for years and it was yeah, and I just but I was so doing it with jokes, it. so he I, was doing it with jokes. So I just got so used to it. I didn't think anything of it until yeah, he brought it up, and he's like, "Yeah, you're literally beating yourself up every day." And I was like, "Oh crap, he really does. He says it all the time." And now he just beats himself up physically. Yeah, now I'm a fat like, piece of shit. <laughs> I'm a fat piece of shit. <laughs> That's what he says all the time. And I was like, 
Oh, good. Because I put on my happy weight when I got promoted. So <laughs> we're going to be fat pieces of shit together. <laughs> Which so, sucks because I finally got my ass back in the gym and then my truck had to go to the shop for warranty work. And with shipping right now, it took almost six weeks to get my truck back for an oil leak. Yeah. It, it was an oil leak and uh shipping. and and front well, they suspension have, they have one diesel mechanic for nissan here in south texas so yeah the entire from san antonio to the border there's two diesel mechanics for nissan mm-hmm. and, wow. and i got so 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 you're on a waiting it list. takes a while to get shit done yeah but if you take your truck back you're on a so, longer yeah. waiting list. i was i was actually working out again i was feeling good i was like hell yeah i can yeah he had like a personal trainer and shit yeah and, and then lost my vehicle so i was riding to work with somebody i can't have them take me to the gym before work while they'd sit out in their car and fucking eat denny's my or whatever scrub. i was married to a scrub <laughs> <for a while. laughs> so now i got my truck back tonight just before we went live i'm like yeah so now i can he's try a man to not again. be a fat piece of shit anymore i'm gonna get laid tonight he's a man again he's got a truck, I got my truck. <laughs> i'm a real boy ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need some good jokes god this is yeah, so this is up. so weird having a serious conversation like this This is not this show but i love it because i think the only time we've ever gotten this serious is when uh nick was uh who was supposed to be with us tonight nick ron um he's actually it was it was just a coincidence he's with somebody dealing with ptsd trying to get them in uh inpatient care because they're um not on the good side of of things right now um but he, he and i had a conversation and we were talking about our our suicide attempts that were that failed and laughing about it like how many like this is ridiculous how you can look back and laugh at it because of how stupid you were um yeah you know luckily we made it out the other side uh his story is actually really really awesome not to pump our own show but go back uh to last season episode. oh yeah uh with there's two episodes with nicholas ron and this dude is a. Uh, remember when you were 11 and you wanted to be a Everything? astronaut sailor spy. uh spy you wanted to wait raise wolves racer yeah he does he has a fucking uh uh a, a racing team he has a fucking wolf he's support group thing where like where they raise something. wolves he's a yeah he's a I think he's a purple belt now in jujitsu. He went across the nation doing a jujitsu tour. Uh, he was rowing across the Atlantic. Unfortunately, they got caught um, by some gnarly, gnarly storm, uh, capsized their boat. It couldn't uh, ride itself. So they were out there in the middle of the Atlantic um, floating, waiting to be rescued. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the dude is everything he wanted to be at 11. Back when I was an 11-year-old <laughs> boy, I wouldn't be so, him. <laughs> but, but his thing is... Uh, he attempted suicide, had a loaded semi-automatic against his head, pulled the trigger. It was fully loaded with one of the pipe, and it went click. There was a malfunction. Right. And uh, and yeah, no since kidding. that day, he's like, I, just, uh, I owe it to everybody to live my life the best I possibly can every day. And the dude does. And, and he's like the biggest inspiration I've ever seen. So with that, with that being said, Josh, you deal with a lot of PTSD. I hate, I don't want to call them victims, survivors. Let's call them survivors because sure. I don't yeah. I don't like calling it negative. So what yeah. is your biggest inspiration story that you've heard? Oh yeah, I'm seeing it actually row. evolve. <clears throat> Having them put the technology against their skin and they felt a calm wave come over their head within three minutes. 
Wait, say that. Say that again. They put the technology against their skin, and within three minutes, they had a calm wave come over their mind. So what what technology are you are you talking about? <clears throat> so we basically I'll pull some out of my pocket here. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's basically my first aid kit. <laughs> um, give me a second. Oh, undo typing. Cancel. There we go. <clears throat> so this technology was actually created to help the de guy's de uh, mom with MS, but it's just a patch. So if you imagine the patch is like the hand and the lines and ridges on the patch are your fingers. And then the neuroreceptors in your skin is like the piano keys. You you with me so far? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you play the right notes, triggers the right signal to the brain to help it fix things. Hmm. And that's all there is, that's all there is to it. What kind of voodoo witch doctor are so, you? Exactly. So it's not a medic it's not a medication thing. Well, like what not at all. There's no drugs, chemicals, or electricity involved. It's a tactile stimulation. Entirely tactile. To your brain that's signaling a calmness. Yeah. Okay. I'm have I'm you ever have intrigued. you ever heard of like neurological homeostasis? Your your mom's chest mm -hmm. or something. No, no. Like I, don't, I don't even I don't even know what homeostasis means, and I want to okay. assume that you're insulting a, me by using words a, I don't know. A, a, so so Chris like so Chris said he he's heard of neurological homeostasis, right? Yeah. What would you normally expect it to take to reach neurological homeostasis, like perfect brain function? I mean, it should be pretty much instantaneous. I mean, if you get balanced. Yeah, but what does it take to achieve it normally? Oh, I don't even know. So if you have enough dysfunction, it's really hard for your brain to keep up with everything that's going on in your head, yeah, in your body in general. So the average person has about 34% more efficient brain function with this stuff. What is it called? Or can you say that? It's on called, the, the company is now called Super Patch because they, they transitioned from socks and insoles to patches. So they named it Super Patch now. It was Fox Life. It's all homeopathic. It's just the tactile stimulation. Yeah. The only body. chemical on that patch is the adhesive. Super. And exactly. what kind of chemical is it? Like, is it a caffeine adhesive? So you're, I don't no. know. So I work in the medical fields. So yeah. in my field of work, um, right. we're seeing an increase in DOs. And it's like DOs of, is yeah. it's like a what is it? Instead, you have your MDs and you have your DOs. So They're, a DO is basically, it's a doctor, but okay. what they do is they actually focus more on homeopathic before they go okay. medication. So they can okay. prescribe medication just like an MD. Sure. They it's are like let your body do what it needs to versus exactly. giving it to cause something. So yeah. they're recognized just like an MD. They can work in a hospital just like an MD, sure. but they try other methods prior to <clears throat> medication. They try right. to keep medication to the minimum. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I'll give you a valerian route before Selexa. Massive increase in DOs compared to MD in the hospital setting because everyone's realized how over medicated we all became and how very dependent on big pharmacy we had become. So and there's this massive increase in DOs because they're like, there has to be a better way. There's a better yeah. way to balance your body in a homeo like get your homeostasis in a natural way as opposed you just spoke to the key phrase. pumping you with chemicals. What was the key phrase? You just so, spoke the key phrase, balancing your body. And that's yeah. it. And it's a matter of mind, body, time. nutrition, like everything. They combine everything and they work with that. So they go towards 
okay, you've got this problem. Let's try physical therapy. Let's try this as opposed to pain medication. Let's, let's try positioning as opposed to pain medication. Let's try all of these other therapies that we offer. If you need the pain medication, we're not going to withhold it from you, but we're going to give it to a smaller dosage and help you in other ways. And so there's definitely positives to that way of thinking like let's help your body fight the infection instead of fighting it for you so your um, body builds up the antibodies naturally and there's there's a lot of benefits to it so it's pain for instance the better better pain comes from improving the communication in the pain network of the brain and honestly improving the circulation your that body too. will try to heal whatever is wrong with you. You need the exactly. circulation to do it. You need those white blood cells building up in your in your long bones in order yeah. to fight whatever is happening and to rebuild whatever is wrong. Yeah. But, but you can't do that if you're laying in bed. It's also like unfortunate tech- that you have to... F- um, I was in a motorcycle wreck almost six years ago. Uh, I was put yeah. in the hospital for several weeks. I mean, it was pretty gnarly. And I had to fight them to not give me narcotic or opiate yeah. pain meds. I'm like, because I do not training. want these. I know I have um, a very addictive, addictive personality. personality. Uh-huh. Um, there are certain narcotic pain meds that make me nauseous, yes. will make me throw up. And I'm fighting the nurse. I'm like, I do not give this to me. Do not, do not, do not. She's like, oh, you're fine. You're just in shock. You don't know what you're talking about. She gave it to me. And so I stared right at her and I threw up like exorcist vomit, like all uh-huh. over her just to prove my fucking point. I'm like, I yeah. told you not to give that shit to me. But the, you, you, I literally had to fight them for non-narcotic pain meds because they're so... JD didn't want them... <laughs> JD had severe surgery. They had to reconstruct his face. They had his clavicle, his rib cage. They were all fractured. So they had to go in and fix several things. So yeah. they decided, because he didn't want to go under, they said, well, how about we put you under, but we put you under and do one surgery, then the next, then the next. And he agreed. Yeah. But he did not want to even be put under. So it took a lot for him to even agree to that. Like he no. did not want the medication for that. So he, at the end of it, we get home and he was like, well, I was only there for a few days. And I was like, baby, you were in the hospital for three weeks. And he right. didn't remember. I'm trying to but, figure out my own pain threshold because my last three surgeries or so, I've only taken one day's worth of like hydrocodone each. If that. So um, hydros make me, those, that's one of the ones you. where I'll just, Right I up. had he will. I had to have a testicle removed because I had a nine millimeter tumor found. It was benign. I was walking within two hours of waking up, and later that day I was walking around as if nothing had happened. So yeah, I had a half a, a testicle removed for. There's a, a, for a reason tumor. we call JD one and a half puck. Yeah, you but they actually didn't even numb them up. They're like, this will be quick. No, they just did a local. They they yeah. spliced open. I watched them. And I think the most uncomfortable thing about that whole surgery was the nurse that had to uh, prep me for it was a super smoking hot blonde. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Don't. No. No. And I she's feel your sitting pain. there handling my twigs and berries. And I'm like, stop. No. I was no, the same no. way. It happened to me in junior high, though. <laughs> I was like, you have we met, and I'm naturally a blonde, so eat a dick. Yeah, uh, but yeah, sure. And then the doctor walking in saying, "Hi, I'll be your plumber today," and I'm like, "Great!" Oh, <laughs> doctor with a sense of humor—that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my gosh, I love it. So, um, we've probably got 
about five minutes left before we're going to start winding this down. Um, Chris, do you have anything that you want to bring up dealing with uh, PTSD? Um, it's stigmas, how you've dealt with it, how uh, what might help somebody else along the way. Any um, wisdom? Well, I, I, this June, I've been retired for 10 years and I didn't even get diagnosed officially with PTSD until probably two years ago because I was just avoiding it. And I kind of was falling in that that trap of being the disgruntled veteran. And I realized, you know, it was a very negative place to be. And I wasn't uh, happy with how my life was going. And I, I figured out that, you know, it's a decision. It was a, a decision that I had to make to shift my perspective on life. Uh, something that's been really useful for me is meditating every day. I'm meditating every morning and go for a morning walk. Um, it's important to stay physically active. And something else I've gotten into in the past year or so is doing breath work and really calming nervous system through just breathing and meditating and not really letting my mind kind of take over and, and let, you know, the negative thoughts run, uh, run rampant. So, um, you know, just really kind of think about what's happened for you in life and not look at it as in you're a victim and things happen to you, but everything has happened to you for a reason and taught you a lesson and uh, breathe and relax and, just kind of take a perspective that, you know, you're still here and you have something to do moving forward. You know, everything's taught you something after this point. So just keep learning. Oh, Chris, you, you spoke to my heart, man. So I'm a respiratory therapist. So like lungs are my yeah. life. Like I think like, honestly, I was in labor with our second son. My epidural wore off and I had to give birth naturally. I literally zoned out and just focused on my breathing, was able to give birth naturally to an almost 10 pound baby. So to me, I was like, you know what? There's a happy place in everybody. (laughs) You gotta find it and you have to be in a really rough situation in order to find that happy place. But you can find your fucking happy place. And I seriously was like, just no one fucking talk to me. Just let me fucking (laughs) breathe. And I literally was like, just shut the fuck up. Like I just needed quiet and just to put in like zone out and I was fine. So then when our third son came along, I was like, I'm going to try it without an epidural because <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I recovered so quickly after that. It was like my exactly. body was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I breath work sessions. I help people, you know, do trauma releases and um, awakening journeys and different kind of stress releases and inflammation and everything with breath work. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It's like if you just zone out and if you just focus on your breath, it takes everything out of the equation and your body's yeah. like, Oh, this is something I need. Right. I can focus on that. And it just, yeah, everything else goes out the window. Hi, Casey. Welcome back. (laughs) So Casey, welcome back. We are uh, getting close to winding it up. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to to throw out there as far as any wisdom, any uh, stuff that you've learned along the way that you want to pass on something that might be a help to somebody else um, down the road? Um, so something that just recently within the last few weeks that I had to deal with, I was struggling. Um, I was allowing intrusive thoughts to control me. I was letting intrusive thoughts out. Like I was in the dining room. My husband was in the kitchen. Um, we were just kind of talking, um, and he turned towards me like literally normal conversation, but had a knife in his hand. And I said out loud, just point it forward and walk towards me. Just like, just take me out. And he looked at me like, are, are you serious right now? And I was like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, and did I really mean that? 
No, but somewhere in my subconscious it did. Like I was literally struggling. So um, the smallest things um, in your environment can change your mindset. Um, I don't usually listen to music for some reason. It, it gets on my nerves now. So I don't usually listen to music. So I will, for, for noise, um, I like to like listen to shows. Um, and I'll just listen to the same shows I've rewatched a million times. And I had been watching a lot of SVU and Criminal Minds, which to a normal person, okay, fine. I watched a couple episodes, no big deal. Like I was like hours and hours listening to all this really terrible negativity, some of which was trauma triggers for things I've dealt with before. So like without me even knowing it, like it was literally making me depressed. Yeah. Um, so as soon as like I realized that I was like, oh shit, like, I want to jump off a cliff. I have envisioned myself, um, like I had this whole plan, like not a month ago of how um, I was going to put my children to bed, um, wait until right before my husband's shift was over because he was on tower in South Texas, um, unalive myself, but right before I did it, call the paramedics so they could be at my house and they would find me um, but also call my husband so he would be on his way home and I would be gone. The paramedics would have gotten me and then he would get home, but the kids would be taken care of. Like I had this all mapped out, but as the, like I take care of people, like I don't want to hurt people. I just want to take me out of the equation. Like what was, yeah. what was going on? So I didn't want to traumatize my children or my husband by like being the ones to find me, but I just wanted to no longer exist. So, I so anyways, I stopped I, watching SBU um, and I'm better now. But <laughs> oh, when so I was in therapy, I, have, I hadn't gone to therapy in a while. Um, I, have a similar, and I'm I have a similar story. Um, so I did not serve in the military. I did. I am a survivor of a sexual assault when I was younger, um, but I was not in the military. So I, I haven't, I'm not classified as PTSD, I guess, but it definitely left a lot of trust issues that JD and I have, have had to deal with over the past 18 years because of it. After our second, oh no, after our first kid, after our first kid, after Daniel, I went through severe postpartum depression where I honestly felt like the world would be just, just fine without me. And I, every single day I was on my way home from work and I was like, I just want to drive off the road. Just drive off the road. Whether I die, great. If I don't, at least I'll get some sleep. And that's honestly how I felt every single day. You had that with that each pregnancy, and I you had mentioned that with that each pregnancy. It, well, the, well, not the pregnancy, but no after one the understood, and honestly, life would just move on without me, and I was insignificant in the ways of the world. And I thought it's okay. It's okay if I just die right now. And I kind of wanted to because I was just done. I was exhausted. And it's exhaustion that comes from, you know, and I think men go through that too. It's just exhaustion from working and being a parent and living life. It's just overwhelming at times. And I was overwhelmed and I wanted to die. And it was awful. And thankfully, I had family who recognized that I was going through and put me in touch with a great postpartum support group. And, uh, I worked through it long enough to get pregnant again and <laughs> my hormones shifted and here I am, I'm back. And, Fertile uh, Myrtle. <laughs> well, someone's yeah, 
Yeah. Someone's definitely not shooting blanks, even though he has <laughs> half a testicle. So there's that. But I completely understand. There was times where I was like, yeah, JD will be okay. The kids will be okay. You know, we've got plenty of family who love us who could take care of them. And I'm insignificant anyway. I, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I need, I need my eternal rest because I was just that exhausted. And it was a terrible mindset to be in. I think my biggest, um, besides getting therapy, the biggest uh, aha moment for myself to, to move forward was and it sounds so crass but i had to drop the dead weight i had to leave some people that i had known for a significant amount of time had been literally and metaphorically been through the uh, uh trenches with them yeah. and it, you know had stories with that person or whatever but it's like they weren't you know, going um, anywhere when i got out i was I, I was the quintessential poster boy for getting out, being angry, uh, find, finding myself at the bottom of every bottle, um, finding myself in every bag of Coke. You know, I, I did it all. Like I, and, and, you know, luckily I'm going on 17 years, drug free, 16 years, something like, I don't, I don't even pay attention to the dates cause I don't give a shit about it anymore. So it, it, it has no bearing on my life whatsoever, but there were people that were um, the PTSD ultra victims that we were talking about earlier in the show that I was clinging on to. And, it, and it's exactly what you hear that you are who you hang around with it. it, it to he, a certain degree, it's very, very true. And I got away from that. But he almost felt and, like he owed them something. Like if I don't hang out with these people, even though they're still wrapped up in drugs, they won't accept help. They won't change. I owe so, them something because if I, to, I move on with my life and they can't, what does that say about me? And he almost blamed himself for their misfalls and it was toxic. But not only that, it's just how can I fix anybody else when I'm broken? And that was part of it too, uh, as far as making the, 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 the decision and, and the choice and actually taking the action of moving forward to fixing myself is I can't fix anybody else when I'm broken. You know, I can, I can, Yep. drag you with two broken legs for a little bit, but I can't drag you with two broken legs forever. Yeah. And, and that was part of it. And, and I'm still very, 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 very fucked up in a lot of ways, but by Great. comparison to who I was, um, even though I put on a really good front around a lot of people, um, it's a complete 180 from, from where I was two years, five years, 10 years ago. 20 years ago. But you and I have talked about this. I think also people see progress as an excuse to not keep growing. So if y'all take anything away from this episode, even though you're better than what you were, can you be better than that? There is always room for growth. I have lost 95 pounds. Chris has lost about the same. Like we've, we're growing as people. We're trying to improve our <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to improve ourselves. Casey is is going through counseling. Like we're and Josh is actually in counseling. He is on the other side of that. We're all trying to improve our lives, improve our families' lives, and, and help those around us. Like there's never an there's never a situation in your life where you can't keep growing, where you can't better yourself, where you can't better those around you. 
And I think that's the takeaway from this whole episode, don't you? Yeah, I think there's quite a few takeaways, but yeah, it's that's definitely one of the the high points. Um, but with all that, we need to start wrapping it up. Her and I both have to work in the morning. Chris, Casey, Josh, I definitely appreciate y'all. Um, like honestly, being so honest this about it. This is our it. least funny episode, but it was her freaking best episode ever. It was. It was. Um, Josh, do me a favor. Um, you're you're part of the South Paws Chelsea Barstool group. Um, I see you're driving, so don't worry about. Um, Man, give us a shout saying, out. Give us a heads up. No, Let put, us know put what some what's going on with your family. We want to make sure everybody's okay. No, that and and put some uh, information about your uh, your 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 arm stickers, whatever they're called, the patches. <laughs> <laughs> your arm stickers. <laughs> your arm stickers. He's a classy bitch. <laughs> he is. So uh, feel free to post any of that in the group. Um, sure. If anybody tries to complain about you soliciting there, I give you full permission so they can fuck off. Um, <laughs> we do un unpaid soliciting constantly. Actually, okay. this can be paid because if you guys make a customer account and then refer people, then you get $30 credits. All right. I'm all willing to sell out. Fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> So, Chris, Casey, Josh, thank you all very much. Um, everybody that watched or listened tonight, thank you very much. Make sure that you go check out all of our old episodes on YouTube or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Just look us up at Southpaw's Tales from the Barstool. Um, yeah, this was... It was I'm, rough, I'm kind of blown awesome. away by how, how it went tonight. There was a couple of lulls, but I think it was when everybody was in the moment of reflection. So if there were any dead points in the listening part, that's what it was. But um, if you are drinking, make sure that you find a sober ride home. Stay your ass home or just pass out where the fuck you're at. And remember, um, if you don't go to bed right now, you're going to go home with the person you're right next to. <laughs> yeah. Really? A lot of times it's not good. Oh, Josh, nice pan there. <laughs> so, uh, you don't have a choice, buddy. You married it. <laughs> at least she's downstairs. So with that, we'll see you uh, same beer time, same beer channel next week. We love you guys. Take care. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye.